What a day. We have just seen four hour Australians in Tokyo yesterday. Phenomenal stuff. My name's Harper. This is Tokyo Daily. I'm here to wrap up all the big headlines, give you a cracking interview, and then preview what is to come later on today. But first, a little wholesome moment I saw yesterday before we get into all the good stuff that I'm sure you're eagerly anticipating. Little thing I found on social media just yesterday, there was this Japanese guy. I'll put a picture up on the YouTube channel if people want to see it. Uh, Tokyo Daily by Where Do We Begin There. If you're already watching on YouTube, thank you very much. There's this Japanese guy outside one of the team's hotels in the Olympic Village, probably late 50s, early 60s, um, and he's got, he's got a big sign in English, Good morning, athletes. If you don't get a medal, you're still the best. So believe in yourself. I just thought that was... Very, very nice. Very, we've had some kind of bad news, negative news coming out of the Olympics in the last few days. But I thought that that was something to kind of boost, boost the spirits. A little cute moment. But we'll go from wholesome to awesome. Tell you what, yesterday I'm sure you've heard all about it. But I'm going to break it down in depth. In depth, three gold medals in an hour for the Aussies. Equal best day four Aussies in Olympic history, four gold and three bronze all up. First one, uh, this is just after like the a kind of action-packed 67 minutes, Rowan Dennis, uh, the cyclist in the time trial, he got bronze, first Aussie medalist in that event since Michael Rogers in Athens in 2004, of course, in that same event uh, yesterday, Richie Port, who was a global superstar in the cycling, the time trial is not really his, his strength, but even... Considering that, he probably underperformed. He came 27th. But moving on to that five medals in 67 minutes. Goodness gracious me. It was amazing. So it all kicked off with the rowing. I'll go through the rowing first. So to start off, we had the Aussie women's coxless four winning gold. And that was Lucy Stefan, Rosemary Popper, Jessica Morrison, and Annabelle McIntyre. Oh, they held off the Dutch by just 0.34 of a second. It was very, very tight, but an amazing win. It's the only time uh, that uh, event has been in the appearance other than the 1992 Olympics in Barcelona. And it was also good to see uh, Ireland. They won their first medal of the game so far, winning bronze, uh, which was, yeah, very nice to see. I love uh, the Irish. Very, very good to see that, but keeping on the Aussie track. In the Aussie men's four, the equivalent, Alexander Purnell, Spencer Turin, Jack Hargraves, and Alexander Hill, <laughs> they finished ahead of Romania and Italy. They, they've been dubbed the new awesome foursome. I was speaking about awesome before. These guys could be the new awesome foursome. <laughs> Just, as I said, awesome stuff to see. We actually spoke to an awesome foursome member uh, just earlier on this year, actually Drew Ginn, if you want to check that out. Check that out if you're into rowing. And also in the rowing, uh, the men's and the women's in the quad skulls, They both those teams won bronze for Australia. But moving on to the swimming. So Ariane Titmus, she won 200-meter freestyle gold, her second gold of the games. And Kata Ledecky, it was billed as another showdown between those two. Ledecky underperformed probably, I'd say. She came fifth, like 1.71 seconds behind Titmus, And later on, she won uh, the inaugural 1,500-meter freestyle event for the women. But 
Titmus. That is the big headline from that event. And a little fun fact from you. This is from Ben Homer on Twitter. He's an A-League commentator, actually. So there's a bit of a coincidence, a bit of a funny coincidence going on with lane three. So Titmus in her 400-meter freestyle the other day, won gold, lane three. Kayla McEwen in her backstroke win, won gold, lane three. The women's four in the rowing, they won gold. Lane three. And the men's four in the rowing, they won gold in lane three. So as he says, three really is a bit of a magic number for the Aussies. But keeping on the medal note, uh, Alexander Graham, Kyle Chalmers, and uh, Zach Inserti and Tommy Neal, they won bronze in the 4 by 200 meter freestyle. Tommy Neal killed it in the final leg, uh, 1 minute 45.35 seconds. And uh, Matt Horton and Elijah Winnington were also part of the team. They uh, didn't race, but they got medals because they were competing in some of the preliminary rounds. Uh, Team GB won gold in that and the Russian Olympic Committee silver. So that's uh, the kind of main medals wrapped up for Australia from yesterday. So Japan, China, and the U.S., bit of musical chairs going on in the last few days with them in the top three. Uh, ROC, Russian Olympic Committee, are fourth, and Australia are fifth with six gold, a silver, and nine bronze. Hopefully we can build on that today and in the days to come. A bit more on the swimming. Aussies smashed it in their heats and semis yesterday. Uh, Emma McKeon, she <laughs> got an Olympic record for the 100-metre freestyle, 52.13 seconds. She hardly looked out of breath after it. Did it, did it up and down uh, a lap? Looked like a bit of a walk in the park for her, <laughs> which was very, very good to see from Emma McKean in a very good form, the form of her life, some people are saying. And uh, in some other Australian Olympic news, <laughs> middleweight boxer Sky Nicholson, she was considered a big fancy to kind of go far. Oh, geez, this was – I watched this fight against uh, Team GB's Karis Artingstall. Oh, it was a quarterfinal, lost 3-2, split points decision, and she had a pretty emotional interview after that saying she kind of expected goal and she was really sorry to let everyone down. Oh, yeah, hopefully she bounces back in Paris. Uh, Sky, she did us all proud, but um, – yeah, disappointing result for her, but she can keep her head held high. It was a valiant defeat. And uh, on the flip side of kind of close defeats, a close win, a very gritty win for the Boomers against Italy. They've stayed undefeated 86-83, went really down to the wire. Um, it was, there was a um, thing on the side with three or four seconds to go, and it was re- still really anyone's game, but Australia hold them off, held them off. And the Oli Roos, after that, uh, 2-0 win against Argentina in the first game of the tournament. Oh, they lost 1-0 to Spain in the second game, and then just last night, 2-0 to Egypt. So they have been bundled out of Tokyo. Uh, they, they didn't actually play in Tokyo. They, they played at the Miyagi Stadium in Rifu. There are 3,000 fans there. Good to see. Not much of an atmosphere, but people there. We like to see that. Uh, in that game, Ahmed Rayan uh, for Egypt scored in the 44th, and Amar Hamdi sealed the deal in the 85th minute. Oliver was probably a bit too a bit too defensive from the off, I reckon. They needed a draw at least to progress. Egypt needed a win. They went 1-0 down, and it was too little, too late, really, even though it was in the first half. The Egypt keeper, Mohamed Al-Shanawi, made some awesome saves, but I think Egypt deserves winners in that, unfortunately. And a bit of where-do-we-begin uh, note. 
uh, to keep this review of yesterday going. So Rachel Lynch and her hockey ruse, they beat Japan. Uh, Japan have been winless so far, but Japan, I reckon Japan performed pretty well. Hockey Roos maybe a bit under expectations, undefeated so far. They only won 1-0. Rachel Lynch kept a clean sheet as keeper, so Hockey Roos have booked their quarterfinal spot. Win against New Zealand today, and they've all but secured top top spot in the group, which will see them handed a bit of an easier draw in the quarterfinals. And Jason Waterhouse and Lise Darman and Jason Waterhouse, friend of the show, of course, they kicked off their Olympic campaign. They had three races in the NACRA 17 in the sailing. Rough conditions they were. Uh, they had three races and they finished second, sixth, and third. So they are right up there with the medal contenders. And Lucien Delfour in the K1 slalom canoeing, um, he had his heats yesterday. He had a couple races. He finished in third spot. So he's into the semi final later on today. I'll talk about that in the preview. Um, that's about it for Aussie side of things. There, were, there was heaps going on, but that's the key events for you. A couple other things that I noticed happened yesterday. A judo coach, uh, this guy Claudio Pusa, uh, who coaches a German called Martino Tridos, uh, he slapped her before a fight, a bout, whatever you want to call it. Um, there, there was uproar, really. Uh, viewers were pretty shocked. The International Judo Federation told him off, but... Uh, it turns out, and the Judo Federation didn't back down after this, but it turns out uh, Martina Tridos said in an Instagram post, I'll read it out, looks like this was not hard enough, uh, with a video of the slap, looks like this was not hard enough. I wish I've, I wish I could have made a different headline today. Of, of course, she lost the fight. Uh, as I already said, that's the ritual which I chose pre-competition. My coach is just doing what I want him to do to fire me up. So that was a ritual to get her fired up before any bouts, obviously, but People were still up in arms about that one and something else that people are up in arms about, uh, there's um, a sports director called Patrick Moster at the German Cycling Union. Uh, he was shouting at his rider, Nikias Arndt, uh, as Arndt chased uh, some times in the time trial set by an Ethiopian guy uh, called Emmanuel Gebrezabia. Bungled that one. An Algerian guy called Azadin Lagab, um, he shouted uh, to his rider, the German rider, get the camel drivers, which, yeah, pre- pretty offensive to lots of people. So probably one he won't be wanting to say in the future or anyone will be wanting to say. But uh, he later on said he's infinitely sorry and it was in the heat of the moment. So some controversial controversial events happening there yesterday. I'll tell you what isn't controversial, though. Our next guest, he's universally loved, universally admired, I reckon. Not Nothing controversial to say about him. He's a cracker of a guest. Uh, you'll notice that I haven't spoken about the tennis in the review at all so far, and that's because I've got Courtney Walsh back on the show to talk all about what's happened and what's to come. Here he is, Courtney Walsh from The Australian. Now, Courtney Walsh came on the show for day one of the Tokyo Daily series of the show, and he's back because there have been some huge results in the tennis in the past few days. Thanks for much. Thanks very much for coming on, Courtney. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me along. Absolutely uh, a dramatic tournament so far in the tennis front. Uh, seeds getting beaten left, right, and centre. The weather, the humidity is having a, a big impact on players in terms of uh, how they're coping, but also... I think the slower hard courts, which uh, they're not playing as quick as what they normally do in Tokyo, and that's tripped up some players as well, including uh, our own favourite, Ash Barty. Yeah, you speak about the weather and you speak about Ash Barty. There was a typhoon in Japan yesterday. Today there was a bit of an ash storm out in the women's doubles. Huge result. Uh, just happened half an hour, 45 minutes ago. Tell us a bit about that. 
Look, so in terms of the doubles, they were playing, uh, she was partnered with uh, Storm Sanders, and I think that's a combination that we'll see for Australia in many years to come in the Billie Jean Cup, the Barty Sanders combination, because A, it's left-handed, right-handed. They're both about the same age, and, and they're both playing very good doubles. This was not necessarily a shock. They were playing against the Czech combination of Barbara uh, Krajikova and uh, Katarina Sinjakova. Uh, that pair have been an outstanding doubles combination for a long time. Krajikova, the French Open singles champion this year, but they've won majors together. They've played a lot of juniors together, so they're a very well-honed, well-crafted combination. The Aussies started very well in the quarterfinal. They, uh, they got the first. A couple of break points in the second when they were still on top of the match just went begging, weren't able to make key returns. Come the tiebreaker, the Czech pair was steadier in the second set. Tie- uh, sorry, come the super tiebreaker, the Czech pair started well, got out to an 8-4 lead. The Aussies came back but too late and uh, the top seeds go through in the women's double. So it's a shame, but we have got another Australian pairing in later this afternoon. So fingers crossed that Sam Stozer and Alan Perez, again, a right-handed, left-handed combination can get through in that quarterfinal against a very good Swiss combination and make it through to the medal rounds. Uh, it'd be great to see Sam Stozer in a fifth Olympics uh, playing off for a medal. Yeah, that, that really would be great, and people will know the result of that by the time they listen. And in some other Ash Barty news, uh, right early on in the tournament, knocked out of the singles by uh, Sara Sarubes Tormo. Pretty shock result, I think, from an outsized perspective. What did you think of it? No, look, absolutely a surprise. I suppose the one thing is, as we spoke about on Saturday, we talked about the depth of the women's tournament. There have been some reports that Ash would rock up and and take the gold medal. And it was clear that the tournament was actually very strong, particularly on the women's side. Top nine you know, points earners for the year, 15 of the top 20. Tormo's been, had a very good year. Uh, she won a title earlier in the year. Accomplished clay quarter. The courts were slowing, playing slow, bouncing high. She was able to take Ash out of the comfort zone in terms of uh, striking the ball in a, I suppose, in a hitting zone, played a very smart match. And it's not a surprise to see a top player suffer a letdown necessarily after a big win. And we, we were worried about that little letdown factor given Ash had the career highlight just two weeks ago at Wimbledon after, you know, after a massive month and a half in terms of the French Open and trying to get fit. She just didn't come up and, and, and was beaten, and that can happen to any player on the day. And she's not the only one that's been beaten. I think we now have, you know, the top six seeds are all out in the women's. Naomi Osaka we saw beaten uh, a couple of days ago, uh, yesterday by Marquetta Vondrasova, uh, a former French Open finalist who Ash Barty beat to win that Roland Garros title two years ago. So a very, very accomplished player and has seen as an upset, and yet this is a woman who's made a Grand Slam final. So it just goes to show the depth and there's not much between the leading women, even someone as good as Barty or someone as good as Osaka can be beaten on their day by top caliber rivals. And so we've got some more women's quarterfinals, women's singles quarterfinals happening later on today, which people know the result of. But looking forward to the rest of the tournament, because I think we're going to speak a bit later on in the tournament. What do you think is going to happen in the women's singles? Well, look, as I said, mate, most of the main contenders on paper are out, but there's still some very talented players. Uh, Maura Rutha, you know, dual uh, Grand Slam winner and uh, winner of the French and the uh, and Wimbledon, and she's playing very well. Uh, Vondra Sober, as I said, had a great result, made a final a couple of years ago. Belinda Benchik, the top Swiss player who we've expected to make a breakthrough at Grand Slam level. She's uh, on court at the moment, but she's in a dominant position in her match. So there's plenty of talent and calibre left in the women's singles. And I think, uh, you know, no matter who wins it, given how arduous the conditions are, 
it'll be a tremendous uh, gold medal to celebrate and to savor. Yeah, it's just been an absolutely crazy tournament in the women's singles. In the men's, uh, all the Aussies are knocked out at this stage. I think uh, Millman, Purcell, Duckworth and Savile knocked out in the first round he was. Uh, so they're all gone. D- did any of them put up much of a fight in their losses? Look, I thought I thought there was actually some good efforts from the Aussies. I mean, they weren't too far away. Millman had a, won his first round and had a tough, uh, a tough three-setter against uh, Spaniard Davidovich. Fakina, who was actually about to play Novak Djokovic in a, in a quarterfinal, a very talented 22-year-old Davidovich Fakina, a former Wimbledon junior champion, I, I believe. Uh, and that was, that was a very high-class match. They were both dripping wet and exhausted afterwards. Uh, Max Purcell had a tremendous month, really, coming from uh, you know nowhere to make the quarter, uh, semifinals at the tournament in the UK, third round of the doubles at Wimbledon, goes to Kazakhstan to play a challenger, gets the late call-up for the Olympics, then gets a late entry into the Olympics after a couple of withdrawals, including Andy Murray from the singles, and wins the round on debut at the Olympics. I thought it was a fantastic effort. So, And Duckworth was good. He just came up against a, a very tough, tough player in uh, Harshinov who has gone through to uh, the quarterfinal today. So not a bad effort from uh, Duckworth. Uh, in the men's doubles, not as much success. Again, the parents were probably not quite right by ranking as opposed to probably favoured combination. It didn't quite work for the Australians there. Mm, right. Yeah, that's a bit of a shame from an Aussie perspective. But Novak Djokovic coming into his match later on today, I don't think he's dropped a set. So is he just looking absolutely dominant? Look, the first two, uh, certainly he, he's come through well from Wimbledon. The first two matches... You know, he was very much expect. I mean, he's expect- he's a dominant favourite to win the tournament. The first two matches, his rivals were not going to give him too many troubles. Uh, Davidovich Fikina, an interesting match. I think he's capable. The quarterfinal will not be easy. He plays against Katie Shikori, who's a former Grand Slam finalist. He's beaten Novak before. They've had a couple of cracking matches. Um, a top liner, genuine top liner, the Japanese player. Playing at home, he seems inspired. And he loves playing in the heat, which Novak doesn't necessarily like the heat and the humidity. So that's potentially an upset there waiting to happen if uh, Novak gets through today, uh, which we think he will. So, he's, I mean, he's certainly the man to beat, but there's some still some talented men. Nishikori, uh, Medvedev got through a very tough match today against uh, the Italian Fabnini. Uh, Harshinov's a great player. You've still got Alexander Zarev, who is more than capable of beating Novak over three sets, as we've seen in the past. So... It's far from a lady on the air for the world number one. Deserves favouritism given his unbelievable record, but there's still a few hurdles to jump yet. Mm, yeah, definitely a few hurdles. Nothing's easy when it comes to winning a gold medal in any tournament, really. But uh, before we get on to our last little question, can I get a prediction at this stage for the women's singles and the men's singles for the winner? Well, well, so as I said, we thought with Barty, it was if she arrives, she's in good form, she can win, but she uh, wasn't in good form, so she's out. So mm. of those remaining, we'll go with Mugger Ruther, I think, look good uh, and clearly has a resume of a major champion, so she's the woman to beat. Look, Novak's still the player to beat. I'm just uh, just you know mindful there might be an upset, but you can never pick against you in a, in a, in a tournament at the moment the way he's playing. It would be good to see Kane Shikori win that quarterfinal on the home soil especially. Uh, but now uh, I promise we're going to move on a bit from the tennis. So a final little question. In the last few days we've been asking our expert guests the kind of social question of the day so people can answer this on all the socials. We'll chuck it up there. So the question for you and everyone else today, 
Uh, tell us about the time you met an Olympian. I believe you've got some cracking stories from over the years. Any particular good ones that stand out? Oh, look, I suppose because I've been a journalist for a long, long time, you uh, you tend to interview a lot of players, a lot of uh, a lot of athletes through the years. But I suppose one of my favourites was a couple of years ago, and I'd, I'd already met Ash uh, Barty and interviewed her you know, plenty of times courtside, but had the good fortune of uh, going to far north Queensland for a couple of days to Cairns to do a, a piece on her and Yvonne Goolagong, the, uh, the, the, the legendary Australian player from the 1970s. Um, great friends. Yvonne's been a mentor to Ash through her career. So it was for a weekend Australian magazine profile, a big, long 4,000-word piece, and get to spend a day and a bit with Ash, just sort of A, a on courts at, uh, at, a, at a clinic teaching kids. But then we're driving along to go to a different photo shoot where we're trying to get photos of her and the sugar cane. And, and, and even I told Ash's dad, Rob Barty, who's a, who's a ripper of a fella, that she'd never, ever tasted sugar cane, never had it. And so Rob's pulled over the car. We've all jumped out. Rob's gone into the, into the, into the cane fields and, like, I'm there as well and ripped open canes and we, he's taught us how to rip open the, the sugar cane, what part, to, what part to chew on, what to suck, what to, what to do. And he's teaching Yvonne Gulag on this legend and Ash is just giggling and laughing the entirety of the... Uh, of the day, it was it was an amazing sort of experience. Just this very much a rural country road, beautiful setting, sugarcane with the hills over the back, pretty hot and humid in in Cairns. I'm sure anyone there was a farmer a bit up the road who must have wondered what this car was doing pulled over these people. Little little did he know it was a world number one French Open champion uh, in Ash Barty and also a seven time major winner in Yvonne Bullagong, ripping into their cane field. Uh, you know. <laughs> and and tucking into uh, tucking into the sweetness of the sugar, it was it was a great thing to see. Yeah, that, that was a ripper. And if anyone else wants to tell us about their story, the time they met an Olympian, uh, tag us at WDWB Pod. But I think that just about uh, wraps it up. That just about finishes it for today. So thanks very much for coming back on, Courtney. Maybe speak again uh, before it all finishes. Absolute pleasure. Go well, and uh, let's hope this more gold medals coming. Thanks very much again for coming on, Courtney. He'll be on just in a couple of days from now, actually, to talk about the tournaments as they really heat up, getting to the semifinals and the final, and just on the tennis. Uh, we recorded that in the afternoon yesterday, so there were some matches that hadn't been played. Uh, and in the tennis news, or they've made a decision that all the games, all the matches will be played from 3 p.m. local time or 4 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time because of the heat and the humidity and complaints from uh, players. Djokovic was one of them. Medvedev also complained. So we've got semifinals today uh, from the Ukraine. Elena Svitolina coming up coming up against the Czech woman Marketa Vondrasuva and in the other semi, uh, the Swiss woman Belinda Bencic against the Kazakh Elena Rybakina. Um, so those are some good matchups, I reckon. Hard, hard to pick for me, hard to pick for Courtney even. Uh, very hard to pick tournament now that Ash Barty is out. Only one of those women are in the top 10 in the world. So, yeah, some upsets have clearly happened as we spoke about. And on the men's singles side of things, we've got quarterfinals today um, from Germany. Alexander Zverev coming up against the Frenchman, Jeremy Chardet, Djokovic, uh, of course, world number one, the famous Serbian Novak Djokovic coming up against local hero, 
Kay Nishikori, and then we've got uh, Karen Kachanov against the Frenchman, Nick Kyrgios played him in the Australian Open, actually, Hugo Umber. And finally, in the last quarterfinal, uh, the Spaniard, Pablo Carreño Busta, against the man from the Russian Olympic Committee, or you could also call him a Russian, uh, Daniil Medvedev. So some juicy quarterfinal matchups to look forward to today, and semifinal matchups from the women's side of things, all from 4 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Getting some more previews. All the times I'm going to say from here on in, Australian Eastern Standard Time. So from our little guest side of things, in the sailing, Jason Waterhouse, friend of the show, as I said before, he's got three races today from 1.05 p.m. in the NACRA 17. Him and Lisa Darman, Lisa Darmanin looking to build on a pretty good start in the hockey. Rachel Lynch's hockey ruse, as I said before, if they beat New Zealand at 10.15 p.m., it's a late one tonight, um, they'll all but secure top spot. They've got one more game against Argentina on Sunday, uh, but that almost a dead rubber for them if they beat New Zealand. Uh, hopefully they can continue their undefeated streak. And in the slalom canoeing, Lucien Dalfour, another great friend of the show, uh, he had a, he's got his semi-final from 3 p.m. If he gets through that, the final from 5 p.m. And Jason Waterhouse and Lucien Dalfour, uh, we actually put, posted kind of little snippet episodes of their goals for the Olympics just yesterday because they kick-started their campaigns yesterday. If you want to hear what their goals are, check those out in the back catalogue very recently. Uh, in the back catalogue, also in the canoe slalom. Uh, moving on from the Where Do We Begin guests, it's the legend Jess Fox in the semi-final from 3.39pm and that's of the uh, C1 I think or it could be the K1 sorry uh, not entirely sure on that one but she will be going for gold on that one looking to improve on her bronze medal from earlier in the games and the swimming Whew, huge day of swimming another huge day of swimming for the Aussies lots and lots of finals lots and lots of medal chances so I'll list them off We've got the 800 meter freestyle final 11.30 a.m. Uh, that's got Jack McLaughlin in it. He got silver in the 400-meter freestyle. Hopefully, he can go one better than that one. In the 200-meter breaststroke, uh, that's straight after that 800-meter freestyle. That's got Zach Stubblety Cook in it, uh, and he he qualified with the equal fastest time, dead heat, with the Dutchman Arno Kaminga, 2 minutes 07.37. And then the 200-meter butterfly final, we've got Brianna Throssell at 12.28 p.m. Hopefully, she can do us all proud and boost that medal tally for us. Kyle Chalmers is in the 100-meter freestyle, defending champion, of course, looking to retain his crown at 12.37 p.m. in the 100-meter freestyle. And then, this is an interesting one, the 4x200-meter freestyle for the women, that's at 1.31 p.m. Last night, Molly O'Callaghan, Meg Harris, Brianna Throssell, and Tamsin Cook, they smashed it in the heat in the qualifiers, beat the next best by for three seconds, which is a pretty convincing win for them. But uh, if the rumors are true, all four members of that team are going to be replaced because the kind of A team, the big four members were all rested. Uh, Ariane Titmus, Emma McCann, Leah Neal, and Maddie Wilson, they're all going to replace the team from yesterday in the final. So hopefully they can do just as well as the girls did in the final yesterday and come first. And win us another gold medal in the swimming. In the rugby seven, speaking of winning gold, the Australian women won gold in row. They're going to be looking to defend that title against Japan uh, in their opener at 11.30 a.m. Then they're coming up against China at 6.30 p.m. New Zealand also big, big medal contenders, gold medal contenders, even in the rugby sevens for the women. 
golf. Anyone interested in golf, uh, if you are interested, the women's tournament, that kicks off next Wednesday. They just arrived the other day. But the men, they kick off things today. We've got some Aussies in action in the first round. Mark Leishman from 8.41am and Cameron Smith from 10.14am. Uh, in the morning in the BMX race. I love a bit of BMX race myself. Uh, kind of a bit of a different kind of cycling, isn't it? Obviously. Um, got Anthony Dean and Aussie in the quarter final from 11 a.m. If he gets through that, if he gets through some of those heats in the quarter, he'll be in a semi final on Friday. That's tomorrow. And then on the women's side of things, uh, Exact same thing. Quarterfinal, Lauren Reynolds and Saya Sakakibara from 11.21am. Looking forward to watching that. Uh, in the shooting, we've got some uh, trap qualification. Uh, if these guys get through this round, they'll be in the trap final. Uh, Letitia Scanlon and Penny Smith in the women's side of things and fellow Aussies James Willett and Thomas Derek Grice. Uh, they'll all be looking for a spot in that trap final. That's from 10am uh, this morning. In the gymnastics, uh, not sure if there are any Aussies in this one, but gymnastics, whew, every every time I watch gymnastics, I cannot comprehend how they even begin to do anything they do. Like, I can hardly do a forward roll. And they, these guys do it like bloody 1080s in the air, all kinds of stuff. But anyway, the gymnastics, the women's all around, that is at 8.50 p.m. water polo. The water polo, you guys know I love water polo. I hope you love water polo as well. We've probably got a few water polo listeners that we've picked up over this Tokyo Daily Series. The Aussie Sharks, the men's team, coming up against absolute powerhouses, Serbia, 8.50 p.m., the same time as that gymnastics event. Tune in for that water polo because that is going to be phenomenal. Um, And Serbia, Serbia and Australia, both one and one. They've both played two games. Serbia lost to Spain, 12-13, their opener, but... Absolutely thumped Kazakhstan 19-5. And Kazakhstan, they're up-and-coming team, as Uga Mihailovic said in yesterday's episode. They're um, typically no easy beats, but they seemingly were for Serbia. So Aussie Sharks versus Serbia at 8.50 p.m. That will be a huge one. Those are all the key events I've reviewed and previewed from yesterday. And coming up today... If you enjoy the show, make sure you do anything you can to support it. You know what all, all of it is. It's a bit of a cliche. Review it, follow, like, subscribe. If you're on YouTube, check out the YouTube channel. Uh, if you're not on the YouTube channel, because that is where all the quality Tokyo daily daily content is. That just about wraps me up. Answer the question of the day. If you want, there'll be a post up on our socials at WDWBpod. In the meantime, I'll see you tomorrow. Enjoy this uh, day six of the Tokyo Games. 